Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Sorry, sorry, go. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. We are going to have a high of 27 degrees in Edmonton today. Woohoo! Gonna be a hot like we, one. Sounds like we got heat warnings coming up in the next little couple yeah, days here. Let's not get dramatic. Well, I'm just saying gonna be 30 degrees thank you kiddo and sorry about the the slight delay there uh technical difficulties (laughs) both my my girls are looking at me like are you gonna you're gonna let us in (laughs) you gonna turn the mic on (laughs) uh good morning everybody uh live show live show live show yeah live show every morning monday through friday 6 a.m mountain time 8 a.m eastern time uh, yeah just nine something in in newfoundland just stop <laughs> uh, if you want to join in on the live show, you just got to download an app called Podbean and uh, search up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show, and you can listen in live, just like everybody else that's, you know, um, slowly crawling into the live show this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, just rolling out of bed and saying good morning here. You can see them on the live chat. You can call in and ask any questions about real estate investing that you want for free every yeah. morning. It's pretty neat. <clears throat> pretty dope. Did anybody catch that uh, sunrise about ten minutes ago? That was pretty sweet. I didn't. Oh, it was beautiful. Cut the beginning of it, and then I had to make coffee. Huh. <laughs> upcoming events. Upcoming events. We've got some upcoming events. Yeah, just stop. I should hire someone on Fiverr to do that. You should. <laughs> uh, upcoming events. Uh, this weekend, uh, we're heading to Calgary. Um and we're going to be co-hosting an investor fix and flip meetup. Yes. Our first meetup in Calgary ever. In Lake Bonavista. Yeah, yeah. Um, if anybody stops you at the gate, at this fancy little, you know, gated community, just tell them you're with us. It's not gated, is it? No, it's no, not okay. gated. But it's apparently, you know, there's, yeah, <coughs> it's pretty fancy from what I heard. Um yeah, okay. if you're interested in that, it's, a, it's free. Just register on Eventbrite. Um, do I have a link? No. But if you uh, want the link, just email us at info at, REI, uh, the, the info at reimorningshow.com um, or reach out to Jared Como, who should be rolling out of bed here in about 15, 20 minutes. Probably 45. <laughs> join, the, join the show. Um, but yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. I'm excited for that. Uh, looks like something like 50 people are going to be coming out to that. And a lot of people from Edmonton are coming too. Nice. It's pretty neat. Um, <laughs> Matt is here in the in the comments here on the live show and says we're gonna clog up the street with cars. Yeah, we. That's, that's what, what we do. That's what we do with those live meetups. And I never really considered that because I think Jared's planning on doing meetups at this property, at this fix and flip, every two weeks. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in like seeing the whole process of like from start to finish how fix and flips work, um, it'd be pretty cool if you're in the Calgary area. Um, but boy, are the neighbors going to hate us every two weeks. 
that like literally every other weekend there's going to be <laughs> there's going to be cars lining the streets. Yeah. Sorry, I uh, got something stuck in my throat. Okay. Do you need the Heimlich? <laughs> no. I'm gonna go give her the Heimlich. <laughs> ah, what else we got coming up? Uh, August sixth. August 6th, we are going to, which is the following Saturday. Um, I am going to be at one of the holes at Calvin Realty's golf tournament in Edmonton. Um, I don't know if there's any spots left. If there is, it's probably less than five. Um, I got to follow up with them on that. But 18-hole uh, golf tournament uh, for real estate investors. So Pretty sweet. A, Yeah, another great way to network with people. Yeah. Um, every hole is going to have a sponsor. We're sponsoring one hole. Um, lots of great giveaways. Um, for those of you who are not aware, if you've been under a rock, we're going to be giving away a $10,000 mentorship. A one year mentorship program. Yeah. Pretty so, awesome. Um, there's going to be a challenge at our hole for that. We're still um, finalizing the details of that. And to be honest, I don't want to give anyone any no. opportunity to prepare. No. You got to just show up and you got to, you know, recognize an opportunity. You got to take action. Yeah. Which is like real life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so myself, uh, I'll be, I'll be there at that hole on August 6th. Uh, one other one that we have not announced yet. This is the first time that we're announcing it. Uh, details will be out this week. Um, but we've also got a fix and flip workshop coming up on August 20th. Um, we talk about fix and flips a lot. It's a big part of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, right now at this moment, there's a lot of opportunities. Um, but we have yet to do any, um, workshops on it so yeah. uh, the demand is extremely high a lot of people are asking about it if you know you're wanting to implement fix and flips to put a little extra little extra money in your pocket or maybe to supplement your income so that you can go full-time in real estate um, this is the workshop you're going to want to be at for this it's going to be a full day advanced workshop um, and again details will be out uh, sometime this week for that so I apologize for the short notice but you know it's <sighs> it's about a month no, it's yeah, it's three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like, um, we were planning on doing another workshop next month, but the demand was just way too much for this. Um, so we switched things around, and that's why it's a little delayed. But um, if you're interested in that, we will have details out very shortly for that. Mm-hmm. That's what we got coming up in August. For now, at least, there's there's one more weekend in August. Who knows what we cram in in there. <laughs> Um, I do want to do a meetup in, in Edmonton as well in August. Just trying to figure out where we're going to squeeze it in there. Yeah. I'm thinking like a week, weekday evening, yeah. early evening. Weekends are just. Yeah. They're, they're going too fast. The summer's almost over. It feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what we got going on. Let's check on the comments. Um, Jeremy says there's one spot left for the golf tournament. For um, a golf pro. Oh, for a golf pro. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. <laughs> and Taylor says, sounds like a good workshop. Yes. And uh, for those of you who are curious, if you are part of the master's mentorship program, you get into that workshop for free. You get into all the workshops for free. Um, that's part of the mentorship program is um, that on top of all the courses and workshops that you get um, uh, already in the program, you are also get free uh, attendance or free admittance. Free mittens, free mittens, um, free mittens <laughs> for all for upcoming workshops as well, days. and access to all previous workshops recordings. So it's pretty dope. Okay, I got through it. 
for a while there, we didn't really have much going on, like upcoming events. And now it just seems like, Jesus, nonstop. Easy there, bud. Well, like maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe, uh, maybe it's just us, but we are freaking busy this week. Yeah. It's been hard. Um, yeah. (laughs) We took a week off. Yeah. And our it's inboxes, <laughs> plural inboxes, because we keep all of our businesses separate, you know, through different emails, not just one email. It's not Wayne Hillier at yahoo.com. Yeah. Um, many different emails from many different businesses. And it's out of control. <laughs> it's out of control. There's a lot of emails. And then this week, as, as you get back into the emails, the ones that you've been putting off for a week, it just seems like there's more responses and then you're like, Oh, now I opened up that can of worms. Now I need to resolve this. Yeah. So, uh, I usually, um, I'm usually like quite on top of things and like handle, you know, being busy really well. But yeah, I think I said to you, I, I, I physically said to you yesterday that like, I think I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 uh, that's your safe word. <laughs> yeah. When I say I'm going to have a nervous breakdown, you know, that I'm, I'm not doing well. <laughs> Yeah. So if anyone's waiting on anything from me, um, that's why it's pretty, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, but then like I was, I was trying to make some notes here just before the show started. I'm like, okay, what are we busy on? Um, and there's like not really anything to show for it. Yeah, there is. Okay. Maybe there is for you. I mean, you signed a tenant and there's, there's some stuff involved with that. You got insurance set up, which was which is awesome, thankfully. It was a feat, yeah. That was that was difficult. Our normal um, insurance broker, yeah, call a broker, um, is on vacation. An idiot. <laughs> that's what that's what Shelly. Uh, she, so Shelly and I were chatting because I was like, I'm pretty sure she uses our broker as well, but I'm just gonna see if she knows anybody else. So I had messaged her, <clears throat> and she's like, "How inconsiderate! Why would he leave for two weeks when we need insurance?" Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what the heck? So the person that kind of that was in in this place just didn't have our file on hand. Yeah, and wasn't aware of what we were doing, so it was like. It was a little difficult. It was yeah. some miscommunication. And- yeah, I didn't think that he was going to be able to figure out what was going on and what we needed in time. And it was like an urgent one. So, yeah, I was I was a bit panicked because, well, we're closing on Friday and we have an open house on Saturday. So if yeah. we don't get those keys. <laughs> You're not coming to the meetup. <laughs> There's no meetup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, normally, we, whatever, it gets delayed to Monday or Tuesday, not a big deal. But like, yeah. there's, like I said, there's 50 people that are coming. I'm like, so we need to have that need yeah. to have that set up. So I made a couple of panicked calls and got a couple crazy quotes um, and realized that, you know, like I don't actually know too much about insurance. Like I've gone like our renter rental portfolio insurance. I've gone through extensively when we were um, switching brokers. So I'm pretty good with that. But like on the flip insurance side, I'm just like, I don't know, just like give me flip insurance. Yeah. <laughs> and that was kind of the How extent much is of it? 700 bucks a month. All right, whatever. Well, no, that's so that's what I've learned, though, is that um, <clears throat> because of our portfolio size and all of the bris- business that we bring, um, so all of our policies are <clears throat> through a broker, but they're brokered through um, Peace Hills Insurance. Okay. So that's who provides our insurance policies. And um, they... 
they, because of the portfolio and because of what we're doing, the volume of what we're doing, give us really, really, really fantastic rates, <laughs> like unheard of. So when I was getting quotes um, from these other people who, by the way, the the two people that um, uh, some of you connected me with to to get quotes on were <coughs> fantastic human beings and they pulled through for me and they were wonderful to deal with. I have a couple of really great contacts if people need flip insurance. So um, let me know if you do. Yeah. But yeah, I learned that like, wow, we get really, really good rates for so we our took insurance. It, we were taking it for granted? We were taking it for granted. And um, yeah, and that, that was another. So yeah, as I just mentioned earlier, I was chatting with um, Shelly about our broker being on vacation and she followed up with me. She's like, what did you find out? Because she was actually going to be needing some policies before um, the broker came back from vacation. And I was like, well, what I found out is that there's no other option. <laughs> <laughs> you need to, you need to get your policies with, um, with our guy. So, yeah. And I mean, and that's, and so if, you know, we, we get our insurance through our broker and if I were to send you to him and you don't have existing business with them and you're not really established, you're not going to get those same good rates. It's because of the portfolio size. So um, I'm grateful that we've built to where we are and that we're getting those kinds of rates um, because, yeah, it's it's crazy for flip insurance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Classic rich get richer, eh? Classic. Yeah. Classic. We get all the best deals. Yeah. Or is it branding? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, we, we get this stuff a lot. And I, and it's not like we're bragging. But, but I do hear this from time to time. People are like, Hey, how did you get that for that price? Or how did, how do you keep costs down so low? Well, it's because I do a lot, mm -hmm. you know, maybe our rates weren't the best in the beginning, Yeah. but as we did more and more and more and more business, our rates got lower. Um, <laughs> what, what more can you say? Yeah. You know, people want your business and if you're going to be providing a lot of business, um, or if you can provide a lot of value to someone, <clears throat> they're going to reciprocate. Yeah. So, you know, by being known, you have to be known. Yeah. People got to know who the hell you are in order to get these kind of deals. And the best way to do that is just to show them Yeah. every day. Just document what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. There's no doubt. Like it's very simple that like whenever I, I do new business with people and it is a little frustrating because I get, I get so, um, pretentious is the right word, but like, I kind of walk around like, ah, oh, everybody knows me. I walk into new business. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get the best deals. And then I walk into a new business or, a, you know, contact with someone who doesn't know me. And I'm like, do you know who I am, sir? <laughs> Google me. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's the thing that when someone quickly Googles, Suddenly it's like, oh, okay, here's your price. I'm like, ah, that's much better. Uh, and <laughs> I'm joking, um, but it's 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 the truth is that, you know, um, yeah. by by building a good solid brand and everybody knows you and they know the business that you're going to bring or they, know, say the they know the value that you'll bring them. Yeah. Yeah. Even just like, you know, you may not have a huge portfolio, but you've got a good following on Instagram, i.e., you know, there's some girl from Saskatchewan that has, that, that is a great example of this. Mm hmm you know, who got started out doing fix and flips and burrs and she built up her Instagram portfolio to over a hundred thousand people. She hadn't really been doing all that much in the beginning, 
but she had such an amazing following that she got in the right rooms and she got the right sponsorships and stuff like that. And she got all the best prices. Right. I'm sure a few of you guys can figure out who that is. Uh, Kathleen says social equity, social equity. I love that term. Yeah. It's a great term. Um, it certainly does help, right? It really does help. <laughs> Jeremy says she still hasn't accepted my marriage proposal. <laughs> dot, <laughs> dot, dot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised we. You know what? We did a we did a um, building your REI brands uh, workshop. Was that last month? We month yeah, before, so. yeah. and um, I'm surprised we didn't use her as an example because she's like a perfect example of this. Yeah. Like, you know how just how it just documenting yeah. your journey. Yeah, you know what I mean literally just doing some videos of while you're, you know, grouting time lapse, time lapse. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like well, how- people love, so yeah. Well, so she, she was doing like tons of like time lapse videos of her renovations and people love a transformation. Mm-hmm. How better to see a quick job than through time lapse. It's like, you can take like a four hour job and it's like a 30 second video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, ultimately, the fact that she had a large following got her into the right rooms and she flew out to Hawaii and a, a few other events and she met the right people in the States. Yeah. And now she, she's best buds. Yeah. yeah. Now she's best buds with, you know, another big podcast out in the US. Can't remember what they're called. <laughs> and then by that, that's brand rubbing, right? Yes. By being associated with another big brand. And then they were able to rub on her brand. And then... Ta-da. Lots of friction going on. Yeah. And now, <laughs> now she's doing much bigger deals and she got syndications and stuff like that. And she's raising bigger funds and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, oh, it's, so, it's so easy for her. She's a pretty girl on Instagram. Well, it's like, there's a lot of thought behind that. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I'm going to use silly voices a lot this week um, so that I can get my message across that, you know, there's a lot of excuses, but just watch what other people do. Watch what we do. Yeah. Watch what other successful people do. You don't really have to reinvent the wheel. It's all right there. I do this all the time. I study successful people. I'm like, why are they there? Because I remember the little, you know, Saskatchewan town that that person came from. How did they get from there to there in such a short time? Yeah. Study it. And you don't have to reinvent it. Just replicate it. Just yeah. copy exactly what they did. Yeah. There's also, um, I think, you know, where this conversation spurred from, there's also something to be said about um, relationships. Mm-hmm. So, yes, all of the above. But, um, you know, a conversation that I had with one of the brokers that I reached out to yesterday, she actually knows our broker. She's like, oh, I, you know, I love him. He's such a great guy. And yeah, they're a great business. He's a good broker. He's a good man. And she said, the thing about him is that um, he's all about relationships. So I can totally see that, you know, like you, you guys built a relationship with him and then he took that relationship. He has a good relationship with Peace Hills Insurance and said, look, this is what these guys are doing. They're experienced, yada, yada, like, let's get them some good rates. And so, you know, like that, you know, build, building on those relationships, you can see how, you know, yeah. relationship with your broker, the broker's relationship with the insurance company, the, you know, like it, it extends and it becomes beneficial to everybody if you focus on good relationships. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, okay. Got a little off, to, uh, off topic there for the topic that I was intending for today. And that is um, uh, back to the conversation we had uh, just about two weeks ago. Uh, before we left on vacation 
Um, talking about tenants. Mm-hmm. Call it tenant horror stories. No, maybe, maybe not so much. But we were talking about our first tenants. And I think the point that we were driving was that um, I think it, some of the worst stories are, are, are normally your first one, two, three tenants. Because uh, that's where you get all your learning done, right? Those were all your lessons are had. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about our first two tenants. I got my, my thir- third tenant was, I'm, I'm kind of excited to share that story. But I had reached out to, um, or I had... Uh, uh, spoken to the to you guys the audience and and asked you know to email in your you know your stories and uh, we got two stories that came through and I wanted to share those as well so I'm going to read them off um, I'm going to try my best here to to not make it sound like I'm reading it <clears throat> <laughs> then you should have me reading it uh, do you want to read it uh, that means you got to come up over here on my side of the table. But, uh, so my second tenant was a fun one. Uh, this is this is a, an investor that emailed us. Uh, he lost his job and his roommates were looking to move out. So he asked to sublet and get new roommates. Pretty normal stuff, right? Roommates move out. Hey, um, can I sublet this and get new roommates? Um, this investor being young and courageous, he agreed. Uh, the two roommates that he brought in were drug dealers. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Uh, to keep the story short, they hid drugs in the heat registers by cutting open the sheet metal and opening up the wall paneling. The police raided the house but couldn't find anything. The two drug dealers had a falling out after a police raid, so they midnight moved out of the unit. The original tenant has had a rough few months with these new roommates, so he moves out without telling me. I text him a few times to ask him why the following rent is late. And why no one is answering any of my calls. And he finally answers to tell me he's moved some time ago and I should come get the key. <laughs> <laughs> Once I got the key back, I find all the windows open and the front door is broken. Burn marks all over the inside flooring in the front deck. Cuts into the walls and vents where they retrieved the drugs. Due to the windows being open for weeks during heavy rain, the walls are all bowed. So I open up the paneling, he says, uh, to see the cause, and the studs are warped, and the window is ready to fall out. <laughs> there are there was aluminum siding on the side of the house, so we had to pull it back to get an accurate window measure, measurement. Uh, apparently, they don't make replacement aluminum siding, so the whole house needed to be resided. Uh, we noticed all the mold and rot in the building envelope. So most of the house got a new frame and sheathing and some new windows. Total cost to repair was $60,000. Fantastic second tenant in Sherwood Park. (laughs) Wow. Uh, That's a doozy. Wow. Uh, But he did say that he still has his first tenant after 12 years. Um, I think it's, I think, but family. I think it means it's his family. So when I could have received higher than market rent, it stayed below, but she's been mm-hmm. there for 12 years. The next purchase though, we were desperate and didn't screen well and drug dealers. <laughs> um, not horrible, but left 26 bags of garbage in king size mattresses, dressers and couches. Had it rented four days after. It's all about the why. That's awesome. <clears throat> it is all about the why. <laughs> keeps you pushing yeah um because i hear stories of like this all the time yeah 
And that's that, that ultimately that's why I, I chuckled and laughed as opposed to, you know, cried. But you hear stuff about this all the time, but and and it scares a lot of people away from being landlords or buying rental properties because yeah. they're like, How do I avoid this? Yeah. Because I hear these stories. Or why all would the I time. get into this? Like why would I do that? I don't want to mm-hmm. deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. But some guy in a podcast said, you know, it's, it's all about your why, stick to it. Well, how do you avoid something like this? Yeah. <clears throat> Um, I mean, there are some, some screening things, you know, tips and, and, and things that you can add and implement in so that you can kind of avoid this, but ultimately it's credit reports, not going to prevent drug dealers, not if well, they have, not if they have good credit. Yeah. But let's be honest. <laughs> if I were a drug dealer, I would probably have good credit. <laughs> Just saying, you can't assume that all drug dealers have bad credit. That's not fair. That's true. That's not fair. Right? <laughs> On to the next story. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, we had another email come through. That was that's, that's That is really sad, though. Um, another email came through from another investor. And, uh, <clears throat> this one came through while we were on vacation and the title, <clears throat> oh, almost, story. title almost dropped me to the floor. Oh yeah. Let me, let me just pull up that title here. Cause I've been meaning to talk to that person. I don't know if they're listening. Um, okay. So, uh, Gabby's email should have been off while we were on vacation. Um, <laughs> so here's the subject line forward tenant burned down my duplex. Were we in the middle of a nice dinner? I can't remember. I think we were having, we went to the steakhouse. Yeah. <laughs> we went and sat down. Finally, we were able to get into this fancy steakhouse at the resort. And her phone's sitting, you know, face side up. We and were playing, we were playing um, uh, crosswords while we were waiting. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're playing crosswords while we're waiting. And then, ding, a tenant burned down my duplex. And we're like, our hearts dropped yeah. for a good five seconds before we realized what the heck was actually happening. Um, so yeah, don't start your email off like that. <laughs> God, scared the shit out of us. And we're like, oh, <laughs> they're talking about their tenant story for the podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways. Um, yeah. Okay. So here's the story. Okay. Our first tenant burned down our duplex. <laughs> our... <laughs> What an opening line. The end. Yeah. (laughs) The end. Uh, Our first tenant burned down our duplex. It was December 2009. The tenant wanted to transform the garage to a laundry room for his girlfriend. Which is weird. (laughs) The tenant wanted to transform the garage to a laundry room for his girlfriend. Why would a tenant ever think that it's okay to do any modifications to a rental property? Keep reading. Okay. There was no running water in the garage, so he decided to do the installation himself. This is getting worse. He was welding without protecting the area when the fire started. He he was (laughs) welding without protecting the area when the fire started. So he says, I'm going to set up plumbing. Grabs his welding machine. The tenant ran away without calling the fire department, leaving the fire to spread into both units. 
This is the first paragraph. I haven't read this yet, actually. This is the first time I'm reading this. Kirsten in the chat here says, always wanted a laundry room in my garage. Both tenants were fine. However, our duplex was were write-offs. Police said the fire would not have been that bad if he would have called the fire department <laughs> as soon as the fire started. Police searched for him for many months. However, he was never found. What? <laughs> the house burned down and he just was like, peace out. Nothing. Like, clothes on his on back? The, now he's on the run. Clothes on his back. Wow. Well, dirty clothes because they hadn't yeah. finished the laundry yet. Okay, <clears throat> let's continue. Uh, we had insurance, however, the tenants didn't. Our insurance paid for the demo and cleaning of the lot, but the monthly mortgage payment came out of our cash flow for two months while the investigation was being done. Ooh, that's a good one. We talk a lot about that. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about, you know, getting um, uh, rent coverage. Yeah, in your insurance policy. In your insurance policy. So a lot of people, they want Don't the cheapest policy. insurance. Um, but while it's being rebuilt, yeah, you are responsible for all of your expenses. Yeah. Property taxes. You have to still insure the property. Yeah. Even though there's that's just ashes. Really um, hard lessons for lots of people in Fort McMurray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you are still responsible for your mortgage payments while it's being rebuilt. Yeah. Um <laughs> okay. Um, so they had to continue to cover those. We found out our lot could accommodate six to eight units. So we dove in. Wow. Hired an architect contractor. We submitted our project to the city, which was um, in Hull, Quebec. Uh, and it was denied immediately. <laughs> this is the worst story ever. <laughs> I hope she's listening. It was so frustrating because we had the only empty lot in all of downtown, but the lot was denied permits. We could not sell nor build on it. Wow. Okay. Months went by without any answers from the city. Six months later, we received a letter from the lawyers representing the city stating we were getting expropriated. The city was wanting to transform the area and was investing, oh, investing billions of dollars to do so. Needless to say, we partied like there was no tomorrow. So there was a bunch of other homeowners in the area that were dealing with this as well, um, that they were trying to, apparently they were trying to change the area a little bit yeah. and they didn't want anyone building. Yeah. Um, so there's about another hundred homeowners in that area um, that were denied as well. Needless to say, we partied together like there was no tomorrow. We just hit. Okay, they're negotiating with the city. Um, it started in April 2010 and ended in April 2012, but we got full price for our lot. We were lucky. Okay, so I was so going to say so I went because I wasn't quite sure because when you're expropriated, like they're basically taking your land away from you. Yes. But what do you like? what is their obligation for like lot value, that type of thing? That's kind of what she was going uh, through in this email here, but it was a little all over the place. So I just wanted to get it all together before I just read it. Cause, um, but yeah, it sounds like, uh, they got full price for the lot. Um, we were lucky in the end. Okay. Nice. So they ended up selling the lot, um, and they did, um, 
they were expropriating a hundred homeowners in that area to re to rebuild prestigious homes and offices. Wow. Okay. So yeah, it all worked out in the end. Um, Crazy. Uh, I mean, they were going to demolish the house anyways. Yeah. Three year process. Yeah. That's pretty stressful. Um, Cause I'm assuming that she had to deal with all the mortgage, mortgage payments, stuff, property tax yeah. and insurance during that time. Yeah. Um, well, take the insurance off. <laughs> uh, True. I, I mean, you need liability and stuff. But yeah. Um, fire liability, right? Someone's going to light those ashes on fire. <laughs> Goodness gracious. First tenant. Yeah, that's wild. She's still here, though. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Again, how do you how do you prevent something like that? Well, I mean... I, I'm pretty sure everybody's uh, logging into their um, their iCloud right now and, and revising their lease to say no welding in the garage or no building any laundry, laundry. rooms in the garage. <laughs> I'm sure everybody's adding that in there. Like that was that that was some of our like the way we talked for a while. There it was like you know we go into a basement suite and we found someone with a hydroponic garden, and suddenly it's like oh we better add no hydroponic gardens to the lease. Like at what point do you stop? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, how what kind of, at what point does common sense not you know is it you know what i mean yeah you can't just keep adding you can't do this you can't do this you can't do this every time you hear something dumb that someone does um what you need to do is making sure that you're checking in on your properties on a regular basis and i'm sorry for anyone else in this community that says otherwise fuck you <laughs> i'm sorry i'm gonna check in on my property every three months because listen to these dumb fucking stories they look great. They got a great job, but you know, he's, he makes good money as a welder, but he's in the fucking garage welding yeah. water lines, which by the way, I saw in the comments here, never heard of plumbers needing to weld. <laughs> you solder it. <laughs> what kind of plumbing lines? What's he bringing in there? It's a water line. It's, it's, you know, some people, they tenants, they just, I'm not saying all tenants are terrible, but you got to make sure that you're checking in on your property because things like this happen where they think it's okay. They think it's okay to paint. No, it's not okay to paint. Because when, like, first of all, you're not a painter. Second of all, you're painting it all red and purple, and we got to repaint it to the neutral colors again when you're done. And that's coming, that's your dime yeah. because this, it's not our responsibility to repaint your stuff. So, you know, you got to make sure that you're keeping in, keeping in touch with your tenants and checking in regularly. Um, you know, even if there's small little things like the, just normal maintenance in your properties, right? Are they checking for leaks on a regular basis? And if there is a leak, are they calling you? It's hard to say. Some tenants are afraid of their landlords and they don't want to call the landlord because they feel like they're going to be blamed for it. They hope it'll stop. Yeah. Some tenants don't realize that if you're the landlord's paying for the utilities, the water, and you know, that, that toilet's been leaking, you know, the, 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 the tank in the back's been leaking for a month that that's going to cost us a couple extra hundred bucks. I want to, I want to resolve that as quickly as possible. I can't go in there every month, but the very least quarterly inspections or every, every three or four months, just yeah. going in there and say, Hey, we're coming in just to do regular maintenance. Let us know if there's anything that needs to be repaired. We're in and out in five minutes. Yeah. In a lot of cases, we're like, we zip through the house during working hours. So we're not intruding on anyone. Yeah. Other than maybe like their pets. 
in and out of the house really quickly, just quickly walking through just to make sure that, you know, there's no leaks. And um, if we need to replace any air filters in the furnace, just normal stuff. Yep. Right. And they know that they have a landlord that cares. Yeah. It's all about the way that you approach it too, right? Exactly. Oh my goodness. Okay. So let's talk about our third tenant. Do you remember the middle? Barely. I mean, I like, I trip. I do, but, uh, I don't remember their names. Yeah. I mean, I do. Um, this tenant, uh, this is one of the first tenants that we got. It was the first tenant that we got that called our sign in the window. You remember that? Yeah. It was, uh, we got a phone call. Hi there. Um, I just saw your sign in your rental property window and um, I'm trying to find a place for my kids. Yeah. They're having a hard time trying to find a place. Um, They're really good kids, you know. Um, You know, I'm just just trying to help them out and trying to find something close to me. So the mom called, which is good. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I got a good reference, the mom. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they got some, I don't know like what I was thinking at that particular time. We'd just gone through two. My mom was my first reference too. And I was uh, not a good tenant that first time. <laughs> oh, okay. Noted. Um, if their mom's calling, then they must be desperate. They're good kids. You know, they just say, you know, they got some things going on with their credit and stuff. But that was just, they were just dumb before. And I really want to help them out. So they did have bad credit and um, they did seem dumb. But uh that was the first time we implemented a co-center. Yes. We said, okay, well, after we dealt with these other two schmucks, let's add a co-signer on. So we're going to get the mom to sign on to the lease as well. So in the event that these guys, because we, that first tenant, remember, we couldn't go after them because they had everyone else going after them. Yeah. So there was no way of going after like that first tenant that we talked about two weeks ago that, you know, owed us a couple thousand bucks from damages and they left that fish tank and all that other stuff. Um, we realized we couldn't go after them. We were trying to figure out the whole writ of enforcement thing and, and, and collections. And, and because there was other people going after them, it's like, we're not going to get anything from them. We couldn't find them. So we figured, you know what, let's add a co-signer in. We heard about this. So that way, if in the event that these guys don't do what they're supposed to do, we won't go after them. We'll go after their mom, which their mom had a home and, um, like going to her own house and also had a good job. Yeah. So, she had a good job, good credit. Yeah. So that's, uh, instead of going after the tenants, we'll go after the mom and then mom will be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Kids, you better pay this right now because this is going to affect me now. Yeah. Right? The other thing I, the or not the other thing, the one thing that <clears throat> I liked about these tenants is that, um, so they were living in a basement suite and they were having trouble with their upstairs tenants yes. being like crazy noisy. They had- um, You do remember- yeah, these so these tenants had two young kids and it was uh, just like too much. Like they just needed to get out. And their landlord was um, okay with it. They were like, Yeah, you can you can break your lease. We understand what's going on. Um, this isn't a good situation for I think you. The guys. landlord was living upstairs, right? No. 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 They were having trouble with the people living upstairs. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So the landlord said, No problem. Um, if you find a place, let me know, I'll let you out of the lease. So the thing that I liked about that is that they know and so they were moving into a main floor suite, our, our suite that they were moving into was a main floor suite. And I liked that they understood the noise transfer issues that can happen yeah, and the problems with, you know, like 
main floors being noisy and transferring down into the basement suite. And, and they stressed about that too, that like, we get it. Like we're coming out of that situation. We're going to be respectful. We're going to be quiet. Like they had kids. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of one thing that was like, oh, that's nice. They get that. A lot of people don't <laughs> their first yeah. time, like living in a main floor or basement and all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, it's noisy. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah. there's going to be noise. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, so they did have kids, um, really nice people mm-hmm. didn't seem like the, the sharpest tools in the shed, but no, they were lovely. They were lovely people. Yeah. Um, there was a newborn, um, and there were two others, if I recall, I think just one other toddler. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's a newborn and another toddler, um, not relevant to the story, but kind of relevant to the story. I think it'll become a little more relevant a little bit later on. Um, they, the toddler had uh, learning disabilities. Um, so really sweet kid, uh, learning disability. So they, they were struggling a lot because the, the mom was working from home um, and having a lot of trouble with that because the kid needed a lot of attention and the kid would just, it, it, you know what I mean? Like it's, it was getting into things and was, was a huge handful for her because of the, um, the learning disability. So they, they were really struggling. She seemed really stressed out, but they were managing. Um, the, the husband was the only one, you know, was working um, in sales or something like that. Um, we ended up finding out, you know, shortly after them moving in that the mom had started a business in the rental. Did you remember that? Yeah, she's doing um, hair extensions. Hair extensions. And yeah. so, again, us frantically, third tenant. Uh, uh, can a tenant start a business in your rental property? What are the liabilities and all those things? Like, we're well, learning. your insurance needs to cover it. Well, yeah, exactly. So, you know, we had to or allow it, I should say. Exactly. And so, you know, I'm sure people, you guys, investors, landlords have probably dealt with this in the past. And like, you know, that's the first time we heard of it. So we had to frantically do research, ask other investors, is this okay? You know, is, is this allowed? Um, how do we, how do we, you know, cover our ass in the event that something happens. Um, so we, we ended up telling her that she had to stop. If I recall, I don't remember. Yeah. I, if I recall, we had ended up telling her that she was not able to do that, which kind of, you know, didn't go over very well. Um, I remember the, the exchange of words, but I don't remember ex- exactly the outcome of it, but I know that our insurance wasn't going to cover it. So, um, I remember her still doing it anyways. Um, and Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Gabby was following her on Instagram. I wasn't was, follow. I was covertly following her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember her still doing it anyways and, and struggling to find the proof. Um, so it was the first quarterly inspection. They didn't stay very long. Yeah. Okay. First quarterly inspection. This is when all this shit was going down. Um, I believe they were late on rent on one of those months. I believe that we were still struggling with them to, to, to make sure that they weren't doing hair extensions in, in there. Um, and so we, we send them an email, let them know this could be the quarterly inspection and we get no response. All other emails were responded to. Mm-hmm. We get no response on this one. And of course, you know that we need to get a response from them in order to, for them to acknowledge that we are going to be going in the unit. Yeah. Right. I don't want to drive all the way down there to go post something on the door. Okay. We follow up with them again. Hey, we gave you a two week notice. This is now your one week notice that we're going to be coming through for quarterly inspection. Nothing. 
then I go and I, and I, and I, and I post notice on the door. And I forgot to mention the whole, one of the, before, around this time, I don't remember if it was before we, we booked the quarterly inspection or it was during that, that two week period, we got an email from the tenant downstairs. Tenant downstairs says, Hey, uh, you know, um, it's been a little noisy upstairs, but it's not that big of a deal. What I am concerned about is that, um, as I'm leaving, I've been seeing a lot of flies in the window on this side of the drapes. And I think that I've seen like some critters and stuff crawling around too. And I'm really concerned that it looks like there's a lot of bugs. Like there's a lot of flies and I don't know what the heck they're doing up there, but I'm concerned about these bugs getting down into my unit. Am I safe? And we're like, what the, what the hell are they talking about? And I went and posted the notice on the door for the entry for the date that was going to be a few days later. And I noticed it myself. I could see a ton of flies in the window on this side of the drapes. Um, so I was getting a little concerned. I send them another email. I'm like, hey, there's a lot of flies and stuff in the window. What's going on here? I try calling them. They don't answer. And I'm like, are they dead? <laughs> are they dead in the unit? Like, what's going on here? And so I, I'm like, do I go in right now? Because I remember having this conversation with you, Gabby. I'm like, do I, do I just like post a notice for tomorrow and just like get in there right now, do my 24 hour notice? Or do I wait until whatever it was Saturday? And um, just decided to wait until Saturday. Yeah, if they're dead, they're dead. <laughs> well, I can't change it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so we go in there on the Saturday. I go in. And as soon as I open the door, instantly, like fruit flies, flies. I can see bugs on the ground. I'm like, what the fuck? The place is a mess. Like a mess. They'd only been in there for no more than three months. And this place was disgusting. There was just food all over the floor. The table was completely covered. I look into the living room. It's just an absolute disaster. And just bugs everywhere. The kitchen was, it was disgusting. Without me bending over or looking down or anything, you just like, I want you guys to close your eyes. Just imagine walking into like this, this like, fury of like bugs and flies and fruit flies you're just swatting them away and stuff like that i could just see underneath the the fridge without even bending over i could see that there was like a you know like a michaelina's you know half eaten just like sitting there uh on the ground and like the toys everywhere and french fries on the ground and chips and bags of chips and and empty pizza boxes and half empty pizza boxes just disgusting and then i opened the the laundry room door was open right there and i could just see the pile of laundry all the way to the top of the closet and it was just the most disgusting thing i've ever seen in my life and i just walked through and it literally was like that through the whole freaking unit mm -hmm. they had, it wasn't like they hadn't cleaned it was like they moved in emptied all the boxes and just like ate. And whenever they finished eating the crust, they would just throw it on the ground. That's kind of how it felt. Yeah. It was, it was freaking disgusting and I'm losing my shit and I'm going through the bathrooms. Terrible. The bedroom, they had no sheets on it. They just had blankets and not, and not like a blanket you get from Ikea, but I mean like a blanket you would get from like, um, like a, like, like a, like a, I don't know, like a secondhand store with like a tiger on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the mattresses had just stains. There's no sheets on the mattress, just stains all over the mattress. And same thing in the kids room. Kids room was disgusting. 
crib was disgusting. Remember, this is why it was important to talk about this. Okay. Again, I didn't want to talk about the, the, the child's learning disability, but there was a child with a learning disability. There was in kids house, living in there. Yeah. And a newborn baby crawling around in the shit. Yeah. With the bugs, with the everything. Yeah. That's what bothered me. I could see in the vents that there was something like it was really dirty in the vents. I opened up the, the vent covers and there was food crammed into and like wrappers crammed into the vents. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Just absolutely disgusting. And like the, the whole the whole time, all I'm thinking about is these fucking kids live in this shit. They are literally crawling around in this shit. They are literally picking up this moldy French fry and eating it because their parent is clearly not present. They are running a fucking hair extension business out of this fucking shithole. Yeah. I'm swearing a lot today. I'm sorry. It was it was absolutely disgusting. And so I took a ton of pictures, a ton of videos, which by the way, they're, they're going to be saved somewhere in a folder. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to be pulling it out one of these days um, for a nice piece of content. Um, took all the pictures and all the videos and everything else. And then I walked outside. I went back into my vehicle and I called them another time and they answered. Finally. Yeah. Finally, they answered, which by the way, they took down the notice that was on the doors. The door wasn't, the notice wasn't on the door. So they clearly got notice. Okay. They answered like, oh, hey, what's going on? I'm like, what do you mean what's going on? I've been trying to go hold you for two weeks here. I just did my inspection. You did what? <laughs> we had our quarterly inspection. We emailed you multiple times. I've been trying to call you. You didn't get any of our messages. I didn't get anything. It's okay. We also posted a notice on the door. So that's our inspection was today. I just finished going through. You have no right to be going in there. No right. We are at a wedding right now. We don't have time to be coming back. We, you know, we, we, we weren't expecting you to go in there because we're, we, we, the reason why we didn't respond because we're at a wedding today and we can't be there to watch you as you're going through. And I'm like, we don't need to be there. So sorry, you don't need to be there. We just go in. We gave you notice. That's all right. Well, you can't be in there. And I said, that's, that's, you can look up the residential tenancy act on that and act on it as you see fit. But here's the real problem. What the hell's going on inside there? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, look at, the, like, are you seriously, do you think that's an acceptable way to live? I said, that does not meet our expect that does, that does not meet our standards. That does not meet anyone's standards. Like that is not acceptable. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to follow up with an email here shortly. You need to get this cleaned by tomorrow. Otherwise, we're going to be hiring an exterminator and a cleaning company to come in here and do it for you. Okay, this is not acceptable. They thought that was fine. I tell you, there was a cat living in there too. Yes. I think you uh, told our listeners uh, uh, quite some time about, ago about the cat with the his head in the chip bag. Yeah, I looked underneath the bed because there was like pizza boxes underneath the bed with half-eaten pizza. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Like, it was just food everywhere on the ground. And I, I heard like a noise underneath the bed. So I go look underneath and there's a cat with its head in a chip bag eating. And then the cat just like slowly looks at me and goes, <laughs> like thought I was going to steal its chips. And I'm like, okay, I need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> it was, yeah. And, and they thought it was acceptable. So we ended up sending them an email and 
you know, as I mentioned, you know, a couple of minutes ago, that, that that relationship was already ruined between, you know, the the exchange of words that we were having about the whole hair extensions business. Also, the bugs, you know, and now we got the bugs issue. So we said, like, this needs to be cleaned up, and we need to hire in a company that you're going to pay for to 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 fix this bug issue. As as I went in the property, I forgot to mention, um, there were there were maggots. There were maggots and other creepy crawly bugs that were, it wasn't just flies, they were crawling around um, from all the food in there. And I, I thought for sure we're never going to be able to get all these bugs out of here. There's no possible way. The amount of cleaning that needs to be done and hire an exterminator, mm-hmm. meaning that the tenant downstairs is going to need to be removed and they're going to need to fumigate the whole thing. I, I thought for sure we're never going to be able to fix this thing. Um, we gave them the, 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 the date into which they need to have this rectified by, um, followed up with them. They didn't do it. And at that particular time, like we were, we <laughs> see in the comments here, Jeremy says, I wonder why the previous landlord allowed them to move early. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, at that particular point, what we were doing is we were studying the RTA of what was an acceptable um, grounds for termination. Was cleanliness or a lack of cleanliness grounds for termination of a lease? And it was hard to find anything that supported it. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's a difference between having a dirty countertop and not the dishes not being put away and this. Yeah. So I had a feeling that if we took them to court, we would win but they were already behind on rent and I didn't want this to go any longer knowing that once I, you know, submit for the termination of the lease and I submit for the hearing at the RTDRS, we're looking at six to eight weeks at that particular time to get a hearing. And then it's going to take, you know, a couple more weeks to get them out and to clean and everything else. And we get a tenant downstairs that is legitimately concerned, right? As they should be. As they should be. Right. And I don't want them to start saying, Hey, this isn't a safe place to live. So we wanted to act on this very quickly. So strategically, what we did was we wrote a very strategic email just saying, hey, we don't like where this is going. It's quite clear that you guys aren't happy living here. We're not happy with the way that you're living here. You're also behind in your rents. Um, so we're going to give you an opportunity to terminate your lease right now. So this way you can move on. And we can move on and, and you can move to somewhere that's more comfortable for you guys. We don't want you to be living. Um, we don't like this hostility between us and we don't want you to be living, you know, constantly worrying about the landlord, something along those lines, par- kind of paraphrasing, basically saying that like, Hey, I get it. We're not getting along. I think it's best that we just terminate this lease, not telling them that we're terminating the lease, but Hey, this is what I think is best. Allowing them to walk, allowing them to walk away. We're not going to charge you for any of the, you know, other months that you're responsible for. You're just responsible for up until the day you leave. And they agreed. Yeah. They said, yeah, we agree. Um, and we'll have this place all cleaned up before we're done. And uh, I think it was another week or two. And they had moved everything out. They found another place. Um, the walkout inspection was, was, was fun. Tense tense very tense because the guy is in there i waited in the car yeah (laughs) he didn't say a word um i had already done the walkthrough ahead of time 
just like checked off all the sheets and everything else and just everything that was dirty and everything that I found because I didn't want to go through it with him. I wanted to be prepared. So then, you know, when he got in there, I had already filled it out and I told him, hey, I already filled this out. I'm going to walk through it with you really quickly. Here's this, there's this, there's this. So basically what they did was they just cleaned everything out and then just a very wet mop to make it look shiny on the ground. <laughs> but like if you moved anything ever so slightly, you would just find it was almost there was like, like a feast under the fridge. <laughs> It, it was almost like it was just only the areas on the floor that were clean. But every if you looked behind anything or underneath anything, it was like it was like a remnant of, of what it used to be. <laughs> so underneath the fridge, behind the fridge, in some of the cabinets. So when you walk in, it looked shiny and wet. But like you open up the vent covers and they were still stuffed with wrappers and pizza crust and stuff like that. Um, it was, it was crazy. Like if you, you know, they, they wiped all the surfaces, but if you looked underneath behind the surface, you could see like the, the grime that was still encrusted on it. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're like, Oh no, it's clean. And I'm like, no, like, look at this. Like, so anyways, we had to, we had to hire a cleaner to go in there mm -hmm. still and do a full clean, which ended up costing like 400 bucks. Yeah. Um, they got caught up on the rent. Um, if I recall, or they were close. Um, between the $400 of cleaning or whatever it was, we had to hire an exterminator for a couple hundred bucks to make sure all the bugs were taken care of. Um, we had to get furnace cleaning done. It ended up coming up to like, I don't know, something like 800 bucks of their thousand dollar deposit. If I recall, they, they probably got 20 or 30 bucks back on the deposit, but all in all, you know, after they got caught up on the rent or, or close to it, maybe a couple hundred bucks shy, we weren't out a whole heck of a lot. Mm -hmm. Right most of the most of the stuff was taken care of except for maybe a couple hundred bucks of rent i don't remember i don't remember getting everything that we wrote but it wasn't ridiculous like the other ones yeah and we moved on they moved on we moved on we got a new tenant in there and then that tenant ended up staying for like five or six years so fourth tenant was much better <laughs> i think was yes. there one more no okay we had yeah. another great tenant that lived in there for for, for many years but um Again, like it was, it was a very stressful thing at that particular time, but you know, we learned a lot. Every time something happened, we went and we looked it up, mm -hmm. you know, they had a hair extensions business. Are they, are tenants allowed to have hair extensions businesses and a rental? We looked it up. We learned. Now we know. I don't remember, but we knew for a time. Yeah. It just depends on your insurance policy. That's all. Yeah. Lots of insurance policies will say no home run businesses, mm -hmm. or if they do, you need to add that into your policy, which comes at an additional cost. And I see questions like this on landlord communities all the time. Like my, this is what my tenant is living. Like, can they, am I allowed to terminate their lease? Am I allowed to evict them? Uh, no, not in Alberta. And I'm sure that Ontario, BC, Saskatchewan are probably not any better um, with, with their, you know, rules and laws aren't as, uh, aren't as favorable. However, you know, if you do bring it to a hearing, it, 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 I think in extreme circumstances, they'll use their discretion and, and, and help you out. But cleanliness is, um, is not grounds for termination, which we learned. But by writing a strategic email, you know, we were able to get them to make the decision, right? Rather than saying, get the hell out, you know, automatically they would have defended themselves and say, we're not leaving, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we, we didn't want that. We wanted to kind of quote unquote manipulate them to want to leave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Kirsten asked if this was the worst state we've ever had one of our units left in. I think the 
yeah. the physicality of of everything everywhere and like just like the the food everywhere and all that kind of stuff like was shockingly disgusting mm-hmm. but uh we did inherit a tenant i know that's the guy in with you yeah, yeah we did inherit inherit a tenant when we purchased a property and we were aware of the state of the property like we we saw it before we purchased it so we were aware of kind of like how how this guy was living and stuff um it wasn't that it was like a flat out disaster like this, but like it was just a really dirty suite, like yeah. really dirty suite. So, and his lease was going to be up in like the next six months or something like that. So we were like, we'll just get, we just won't renew at the end and we'll get the place cleaned up. Mm-hmm. We had plans to do some renovations in it once uh, that lease was up. So it was all good. We didn't care. But when he moved out and we, we had to get it cleaned before we did the renovations because we were doing like we painted the entire suite. Mm. We were doing some some stuff where, you know, it did need to be clean and uh, hired in a cleaner. And it costed us nine hundred nine hundred dollars to deep clean that place. Like that's how disgusting it was. So a normal like move out clean, like top to bottom on a on a pretty like dirty like tenant hasn't done any cleaning since they kind of moved in is like four or five hundred bucks max yeah and this was nine hundred dollars they were scrubbing surfaces yeah like it was it was crazy it was super super dirty yeah um but it came out of his deposit and um he didn't fight it i think at the end um i think above and beyond his deposit he owed us like 50 bucks or something which he didn't pay and obviously we didn't give a shit we didn't go after yeah but uh yeah so everything was basically covered and and we're like look like you know the state that you left the place in there's this is what it is and he just carried on moved on so yeah it wasn't a big deal (sighs) that was another early tenant um, early on in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't terrible. No. Like, like I said, we already kind of knew it was happening. Yeah. Um, and it came out of the damage deposit. So like, and that, it, it didn't, it didn't ruin us. It didn't, it didn't make us second guess landlording mm-hmm. or being investors. So that wasn't like, it wasn't the worst one. Um, but all in all, like with the exception of those three first tenants and that one that we kind of knew about yeah everything else has been totally fine since because like all the lessons that we learned through that you know we implemented just new systems and new you know quarterly inspections and stuff like that to make sure that we stay ahead of things like that yeah as soon as the red flag presents itself it's just taken care of yeah yeah I mean, like, and we're, we're we're very honest about stuff. Like, you've gone through a lot of our situations, like in real time with us, mm-hmm. but with us updating you on on the situation on such and such tenant, yeah, um, like the one that was deported, yeah, <laughs> and like those types of things, right? So, like, we have been through lots of different situations with lots of tenants. It's not to say that we learned our lessons in the first three and have had amazing tenants since. Like, when you're dealing in volume, there's going to be there's going to be bad tenants along the way. Yeah. Um, and you know, people's life situation situations change, especially in today's climate. Like think of COVID, think of all of the Alberta downturns and booms and like whatever, like we go through ups and downs of life 
we get jobs, we lose jobs, we change careers, we have kids, we have deaths in families, we, mm. you know, like this is life and things happen to people and they can start out as a fantastic tenant and something can happen and that can change really fast. You can have a, a really bad tenant who has had a history of really bad rentals that cleans up their life and becomes a fantastic tenant. Yeah. You know, like things change for people and you're not always going to know what you got when you sign on that tenant. Yeah. You, you don't know where things are going to go all the time. For sure. And we have had some amazing tenants that mm -hmm. have stayed with us for years and has just been an absolute joy. And then we've had some nightmares. Yeah. It's part of the game. Kirsten in the comments last year, was the tenant being deported on one of your previous podcasts? Yeah, that um, was around like uh, December, January, just of this past yeah, yeah. last year. Maybe yeah. even tried in the search bar to look up Wayne Hillier, my tenants being deported. <laughs> um, you'll probably find uh, with the right keywords, you'll probably find it. If I find it, I'll, um, what I'll do is uh, if I have time this morning, I'll, I'll post in the, the masters, free masters, Facebook group. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I also, I saw another comment here about just like back to the, the previous tenants and like, I feel bad for the kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, after they left. Oh, wow. It's after seven. I didn't yeah. know. Um, after they left, um, there was lots of mail that came to the house from like social services and like all these different programs mm -hmm. for the one kid who was going through all of the, uh, the stuff that they needed to. And just like all of the stuff that was coming through, just like it, it was heartbreaking. That I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. And this, this might not be a popular thing to say, but there were a lot of thoughts going around my head, just wondering if I should be calling someone about the kids. Uh, honestly, like that's nothing to be like when, when we find situations like that, like those are types of, and it's hard to know the severity of when you do call and when you don't call, but that's to protect a kid. And I know that it can, you know, you need to make sure that it's serious so you don't ruin these people's lives. Yeah. If maybe they're just having, going through uh, a tough, a rough patch, yeah. but it's really hard to know when to get involved and when not to. And ultimately, we decided not to. Um, we can't say for certain whether it was, you know, it could have been a really loving family mm -hmm. and a great relationship, but they just were not clean people. And, you know, eating a couple moldy French fries, is, is that is, does that warrant, you know, kids being taken away from a mother? I'm like, yeah, that was tough. I mean, you had to be in there to, to, really, to really experience, you know, or to really understand the thoughts that were going through our head. Yeah. Um, because it just, it was not a, a safe place to be living for kids. You know, one with a learning disability that doesn't know, you know. Uh, kids don't know the difference. They know the environment that they're raised in. Yeah. They don't realize the difference until they've experienced something different. Or, you know, crawling underneath the bed and being attacked by the cat because you were too close <laughs> to the ruffles bag. The chip bacon. Right. I don't, it's, it was, it was really tough. We decided, you know what, there was no real clear indications of an unloving family. So I, I left it alone. And, and sometimes you can't solve everyone's problems. Yeah. And I mentioned this on previous podcasts that like, as a landlord, you normally with your own life, you know, someone dies, it happens, you know, it's part of life, you lose your job, it happens as part of life. But when you have, you know, 20, 30 tenants, and suddenly now you're exposed to everybody's life and everybody's problems and the reason why they can't pay rent. Um, and you almost feel like you, you, 
you feel bad for someone because of what they're going through. But the, the more successful you are, the more exposed you're going to be to other people's, you know, shit. And this is just one of those situations of like, I can't just because this is here does not mean that it's my responsibility. And, you know, it's, it sounds terrible when I say it out loud, but like, you know, there are a lot of kids that grow up in situations like this. There are a lot of kids that grow up, you know, with not a whole lot of money and not a whole lot of food and dirty houses and things like that. And I can't solve the world's problems, mm -hmm. right? I'm running a business here and I just need to focus on my business. If there were signs of abuse and I would have, Absolutely. I would have definitely jumped on 1, it. But it's tough. It was really tough. I feel bad for those kids. Yeah. I feel bad for those kids mostly because, you know, at the, what chance do they have in life? That's what bothers me the most. That's truly what bothers me the most, you know, talking about like what I was talking about yesterday, the day before we were talking about like, you know, that person who's, you know, who's, who's going in for those shifts at the convenience store at the airport. You know what I mean? Like at what point do they turn their life around? I, I want the best for everybody. Right. And I just know that those kids are fucking destined to be handed at they They were dealt a bad hand. Yep. You know what I mean? What can I do to make sure those kids have a good life? That's where it kind of like, I can't solve the world's problems, but like, I feel bad for kids who are born into shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's parents' responsibilities. It's the, it's the parents' responsibility to give their kids a good fighting chance to deal them a decent hand. And those kids were not dealt with a decent hand. And that's where the frustration kind of came in. I'm like, can I do something to kind of help these kids, but I'm not going to ruin this family. But anyways, I could probably talk about this for another hour. I'm getting all <laughs> emotional. I feel bad for the fucking kids. It's not their fault that their parents are fucking lowlifes. It's terrible. Anyways, we got a busy and day. And on that note, we got a, we have got a, a wonderful day. day. <laughs> <laughs> we got a, we got a busy day today. We're, uh, we're actually going to go get showered up and get ready for the day. And then we're heading down to the lawyers to go sign some papers for a new, new property. And we're going to go do that. No time for tacos today because we're going for tacos tomorrow. <laughs> um, and for an, another uh, tacos and transactions. And then ironically on Friday, which we just realized we have another tacos and transactions. So Gabby's like, I'm not I'm having like, tacos Wayne, you're in making a row. me eat tacos two days in a row. Like, no. Sucks to be successful. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. I think you're just going to have to, I don't know, you're going to have to order something else off the menu on the second day. <laughs> rice and beans, darling, rice and beans. No, thank you. Okay. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. <laughs>